Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Oh, a little rubber ducky action, Richie. Oh, rubber ducky, you're the one. You make, make bets of lots of fun. Rubber ducky. All right, so a little Bert and Ernie action. And uh, look, the Eagles have faced uh, Kirk Cousins quite a bit, and they've faced Minnesota in a lot of games through the years. Now, I will say this. Um, Eagles have won some big ones, but they don't always win. You know, when you think Eagles-Vikings, just in the last cut, look, Eagles beat them last year. And, John, they beat Decisively. him. Handily beat him. Slay was amazing against Justin Jefferson. But as we go inside the bathtub time machine, we know there have been some times Kirk Cousins had gotten the Eagles. So don't take tonight totally for granted. 2018, Eagles had won the Super Bowl the prior year. 2018, Kirk Cousins in Philadelphia, 30 of 37, 301 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, the Vikings winning that day 23-21. to I remember that game thinking, all right, definitely starting to get off track from last year. It's like now, now the Eagles are losing <laughs> to the Vikings. It's like, yeah, I don't, I, don't like, I don't like that. So he got him for 300 yards in 2018. He also got him for 333 yards in 2019. This was a game the Eagles lost 38-20. to This was a game the Vikings destroyed the Eagles as Kirk Cousins went 22 for 29, 333 with four touchdowns. Now, look, that was a Steph Diggs, Adam Thielen thing, and those guys were great. Now it's a Justin Jefferson thing. Hello, Darius Slay. Do it again. There have been some bad Eagles-Vikings memories, but there have been some good. Actually, there have been some great Eagles-Vikings memories through the years, including just this century alone, some playoff victories by the Philadelphia Eagles, including, John, one of your squads. The 04, our beloved 04 Eagles, one of the great Birds teams of all time. And in the divisional round, remember this. Donovan, of course, was there. B. West was there. But T.O. was not healthy for that game. By the way, neither was John Ritchie. Uh, 2004 playoffs started for the Eagles in the divisional round with a 28-day layoff for the starters. Andy had sat the starters the last two games. I mean, you guys played like a series or something. But it was time to crank it up against Dante Culpepper and Randy Moss. So without T.O., who goes in the starting lineup? Freddie Mitchell. What does he do? First quarter touchdown pass. He catches for McNabb. Then, later in the game, Freddie Mitchell with his second TD that day. Back goes 
goes McNabb again. He looks, he fires, he played to L.J. Smith, who coughs up the football, but it's caught in the end zone by Freddie Mitchell. I never saw anything like it. It went to L.J. Smith. He was hit. The ball came loose. It flew into the end zone, and Freddie Mitchell caught it for a 14-yard touchdown. Some days you wake up and it's just your day. Freddie Mitchell, it's your day. Fred X with one of his biggest games as an Eagles. Two TDs. Donovan, great that day. 21-33. 286, two TDs, no interceptions. Eagles won 27-14. Eagles also beat Minnesota in the 08 wildcard round. Remember this. They had just beaten Dallas 44-6. They're facing rookie Adrian Peterson. Asante Samuel with the Eagles in a tight game with the biggest play of his Eagles career, a pick-six TD. But then close, late, 16-14, Brian Westbrook with one of the great plays of his Eagles career. First and 10, Eagles the ball at their own 29. Back to the eye, McNabb thinks, looks, he screams at the Westbrook. He's at the 30, cuts to the outside, 35-40, 45 midfield, 45-40, 35-30. Westbrook at the 25-20, 15-10-5, Westbrook, touchdown! Brian Westbrook broken, he broken. 71 yards. An absolutely enormous play in that game as the Eagles then held it the rest of the way. A 26-14 divisional round victory for the Birds. We were dreaming the dream of the Super Bowl. Of course, two weeks later, we know the Eagles lost in the desert. But in 2017, they didn't lose in the playoffs. But I will tell you this. When they faced the Minnesota Vikings, and people might forget this, initially... It looked really bad. They walked right down the field. I mean, really bad. Remember, the Vikings enter this game as favorites. Remember, Foles had not hit his stride yet at all. The first drive of the game, Minnesota right down the field with Case Keenum. Eagles get the ball, do squata. Case Keenum gets the ball back. And in one of the single most important plays in Eagles history, the playoffs change with this magnificent play by Chris Long and Patrick Robinson. Long count. Straightens up. Takes the snap. Here comes the rush. He's hit, and it's intercepted. It's picked off by Robinson. Robinson at the 30. Cuts back across the field. Patrick Robinson looks for a block. Now he's at the 20. He's at the 15, the 10, the 5. Touchdown! Patrick Robinson! Just an unbelievable moment in Eagles history. And from there, the Vikings, they got... Smashed! I mean, they got... Smashed! They got freaking crushed! A blunt TD! An Alshon 53-yarder! Corey Clement with a spin move for a first down that led to a Jake Elliott field goal before the half. A Torrey Smith flea flicker from Nick Foles. Another Alshon TV. And a 38-7 victory at Lincoln Financial Field. And that is a bathtub time machine for this Thursday well morning. Well done. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Oh, well done by Nick Foles. Well done by Chris Long. Well done. By that offensive by line. The offensive line. And it was, guys. Defensive it, line. It oh. was. It was. Harry in the beginning, man. It was right down the field. Oh, Kyle Rudolph touchdown. That's right. Eagles did nothing, I, dude. I remember feeling like, oh no, it was. It was. It was. You know what? It's the reverse of it. Was the reverse of that Tampa Bay game in 0-2. Yeah, you're Deuce right. Deuce running right down. I we're like, we're going to the Super Bowl, you're and right. then it all went out. And it was a bigger blowout in 2017, obviously, but that's what it felt like the other way. No question. I bet up time machine. T- something we'll typically do on Fridays. 
prior to Sunday Eagles games. Obviously, we moved it up this week. All right, the Diddy. Ray Diddinger joins us coming up in just one minute time. The great Ray Diddy for an entire hour in studio starting in one minute. Hey, Joe Cameron here to tell you about PI Dental Center. And isn't it time for you to invest in yourself? How about you start with PI Dental Center? They've got decades of experience in complex dental treatment. I've been a patient at PI Dental now for two decades. My mom a patient there for three decades because they're the best at what they do. Dr. Glenn Wolfinger, Dr. Robert Slough, board-certified prosthodontists, they specialize in the restoration and the replacement of teeth. They're also the originators of the teeth in a day. That's a revolutionary treatment that delivers fixed teeth and implants placed for a dramatic transformation in a mere one day. So get yourself to PI Dental. They're located in Fort Washington. Certainly it can be a year-to-year maintenance thing to hopefully avoid a big problem. That's what it's always been for me, year-to-year maintenance. I'm very lucky to have good good teeth so far in my life, teeth and gums. But if you have a major issue, man, if you've got a major issue, pain, uh, I mean, whatever it might be, maybe a recent accident, PI Dental Center can help you. Get to PIDentalCenter.com to request your new patient evaluation. All right, let's welcome in, John. As we do from time to time throughout the football season, it is always a privilege to talk to a Hall of Famer. I think last count it was seven times over. Maybe he's now up to eight Hall of Fames. The Hall of Famer, the Diddy, on a game day, Ray Diddy. Ray Dininger, how are you, sir? Hello, boys. How are you? Hello, Ray. Outstanding. So, Ray, if the Pro Football Hall of Fame is number one, mm-hmm. and I got to like, I got to kind of imagine it is, <laughs> what's the number two for Ray Diddy's Hall of Fame uh, placard? <laughs> Um, With no disrespect to the others intended. No. Um, <laughs> I guess Temple University School of Communications. Let's go. There you go. There you go, Ray. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right on. You, you consider some of the people that have come through there um, out of that school. That's a pretty nice honor. I felt that? really good about that. Now, you're in the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame, so you just put Temple above Philadelphia Sports. Uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> I just have a soft spot in my heart for my diet. Because the years at Temple were great years. Yeah. I, I, you know, I... Um, I really love my four years at Temple. If I if I had to do college all over again, I would do Temple in a heartbeat. Love it. It's a great place. That's awesome. All right, Ray, awesome. let's let's um let's start let's actually start with last week and we'll get to tonight. But it was of course an uneven performance by the Eagles offense last week. We're all trying to figure out the whys. Um what's your answer about what happened last week and why it transpired the way it did? Well, I mean, your offense, yet a bunch of guys that hadn't played football in seven months. Basically. Uh, and that's why all last week people were telling me how easy this game was going to be. Oh, this is going to be a, no, this is going to be a walk in the park. I said, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be that easy. Huh? I mean, your offense, like, they hadn't played in seven months. Jalen Hurts hadn't been hit since February. And it's just the idea that you're, you're going to have an offense that's going to have that much rust on it. I don't care, what, I don't care how many joint practices you have. That's not playing football. Do you think a mistake was made in the preseason? Uh I understand the idea of player safety. I understand the idea of getting your team to the starting line healthy, but getting them there healthy and getting them ready to play sometimes are two different things. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that, and I, and I also knew what you were walking into. I, I you know, Bill Belichick is, you know, this is not, this is not. I'm not going to tell you this is the Patriot team of ten years ago, but they're but they're pretty good, and they're certainly good on defense. And you give Belichick time to prepare for a rusty offense. You're, it's going to be a struggle. All right, so the rust, it's absolutely going to be a struggle. The rust factor, what did you make of the, the scheme reality, or, or put another way, when RPOs were run, that at least initially, first half, it looked very clear Jalen had been instructed to get down. And, of course, that limited how many yards he'd get and sure. the threat of, of him running. What, what did you make of that and how you project that moving forward this year? Do you think they're going to try to dial Jalen back a bit on the hits 
be a little bit less effective, but try to keep them healthier longer. Is that a strategy you saw? Uh, I think so. I'm sure they talked about it. I mean, if you look back, if he doesn't miss the two games that he missed at the end of last year, um, he was on a pace to have 200 rushing attempts. I mean, well, he ended up with 200 with the postseason. Including the, right. with including the postseason but, but, was exactly that. He was on a regular season pace to have 200 rushing attempts. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, as good as he is and as tough and strong as he is, that's still, it's, it's not a sustainable it's not a sustainable sort of recipe, I yeah. don't think. So I think they spent a whole lot of time this offseason trying to think about ways that they can get him through the season and into the back half of the season healthy, which he has not been the last two years. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I want to play some audio here, John. I want to get your reaction, Ray, your reaction, because Jaws said something this week that was pretty fascinating um, about the RPOs and and Jalen not taking those hits on as much early. Of course, late he did. I think he felt more desperate. But listen to what Jaws said to us earlier this week. I was kind of surprised, too, in some of their their RPOs and different running styles. But when Jalen got on the edge – he kept going down rather quickly. I know you don't want mm-hmm. to take those hits, but if you're going to instruct your quarterback, the minute you know, there's a threat of being hit to get down on the ground, you're leaving a lot of yeah. yards on the field. I, I, I was surprised they kept calling you know, those RPOs. Jalen got to the edge. He really only had one strong run in the game you know, by design, uh, but I, I hate to see a quarterback get on the edge, and you know, not many guys run like Jalen does, but if you're going to go down, why even call those plays? All right, John, let's start with you. At the yeah. end, Jaws said, if you're going to go down, why even call those plays? What's right. your reaction to that, John? I, I think it's fascinating, and I think it's an interesting point. I agree with him. It, they were wasted plays. Uh, you knew – basically, Jason Kelsey told us they knew that the RPO stuff wasn't going to work as well with what the Patriots were putting out there. Right. You know, that jam front – and slow playing things, that amoeba-type stuff when you got nickel and dime in there, faster guys who can stretch it out and, and play assignment football, that did us in because we, went, we switched the way we were running the football. We went away from the RPO stuff, the inside zone. We went with man blocking. We went with what's called load schemes, powers, you know, where you're pulling Cam Jurgens, where you're pulling, you're tackle trapping, you're, you're – it, it's different. It's a different kind of offense than what we had so much success doing last season. So, yeah, there's rust upon rust. Mm-hmm. It's not just rusty that they haven't played football. It's rusty that these are plays you're pulling from deep in the playbook. Uh, you know, it's like, yeah, they're, they're in, they're installed, but they're not the, the bread and butter that this team's so great at. Uh, Ray, what's your reaction to Jaws saying, if you're going to go down, what's the point? Yeah, I get it. I get it. But I also – get the larger issue which is trying to keep your quarterback healthy i um and so it's a line you're going to have to walk but this is also something that i thought was going to be we talked about the many challenges the eagles are going to face this year coming into this season um with the tougher schedule 
um, you know, with the free agents that you lost, all, all the things that face, you know, the, the coordinators that you lost, all the things that face typically Super Bowl teams the year after, all of that. But part of it is the fact that every team you're going to play this year has a much better idea of what your playbook looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, last year, in many, in many respects, Jalen Hurts is, was a revelation to the National Football League. And the Eagles' offense was different than any offense that anybody had to face last year. I mean, they were running stuff and doing stuff. You saw teams, their opponents, the defenses they played last year, you saw them on the side. I mean, they were making it up as they went along, trying to figure out how to play these guys because nobody had played against an offense quite like this. Right. Well, you know, now teams, everybody in the league has had a whole offseason to study this offense now, and they now have a much better idea of how to play it. And that's why I thought Sunday's game was a particularly scary game because Belichick game plans and schemes on the defensive side of the ball better than anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, people don't like him. I understand that. But he is absolutely brilliant in terms of preparing a defense for and – and that's why I thought coming into this that the Eagles, gonna, the Eagles are going to struggle this week. Offensively, they are absolutely going to struggle. So, you know, now you'll see. And, you know, one of the things that, that really is bothersome to me, and I mean, you know, when I've been on with you guys before I've talked about this, is I hate – I've always hated the Thursday night football. I just do. I just think it's unfair for the players. I think it's unfair for the coaches. I think it's a bad idea. But, you know, you have a league where the owners run it and the commissioner gives them what they want. So you get Thursday night football every week of the year, which I think is ridiculous. Now, you look at what the Eagles are facing. I just said, you know, you had a a team here, your starters hadn't played football in seven months. They're now going to play two games in four days. Mm -hmm. That's how you're starting this. It's it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Hmm. Okay, now that's the reality of it. You can't change it. That's what you got to do. But that's why I think that this is, uh, you know, tonight, you said it, Joe. The, are the Eagles a better team than the Vikings? Absolutely. In, in every phase that you could look at, the Eagles were a better team. Got a couple guys down with injury right now. Now you got to play the game. It's, you know, it, it could come down to being a closer game than it probably should be. You know, but mm-hmm. I, I just, the, the idea that they have, to, they have to start this season playing two games in four days, I just think is terrible. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. Hey, Jalen, it sounds to me like you uh, are sort of dismissing the week one performance. Hey, it's rust. Hey, they just weren't quite ready for what they were about to see. Correct. But did Jalen take a step back in deciphering coverage from what you could see? Or was that just a product of Bill Belichick did a great job once again, not just with the front, but on the back end where he made things nebulous and difficult for Jalen and would have made things difficult for any quarterback, not, you know, Jalen. Mm-hmm. Jalen, is he still as advanced as we thought he was after last season? You know, I certainly don't think he's taking a step back. Okay, um, I, just, I just look at it as he hadn't played all summer, uh, and he's walking into a, a tough situation against a team that was extremely well-prepared. And some of, the, some of the stuff that they were doing on the back end was, I mean, it was good. I mean, yeah. it was really schematically, I mean, what the Patriots did, was really, really good. I mean, Hertz, to me, was excellent last year in his ability to decipher a defense. And that's why I felt that if the team is making more of a commitment to a little less RPO and a little more playing from the pocket, it made sense to me because he had shown sufficient growth in the pocket mm-hmm. that I thought that that was, the, that was the big step forward in his game. I mean, you look at the big plays that they made last year, how many of them he made almost in a traditional sure. sort of way, where he just stayed in the pocket, found a receiver, and threw the football on the money. 
including the touchdown to A.J. Brown in the Super Bowl, which I think people have forgotten because they lost the game. But had the Eagles won that game, that would have been a celebrated play in Eagles history. I mean, he had a perfect 50-yard strike to A.J. Brown in the Super Bowl. He was really good. I mean, it was was a beautiful throw. It was awesome. He was all of that. And that was no, you know, that was no luck. You know, that that isn't like that isn't like he just wow, that wow, that was a great play. I mean, that's really kind of I think that play kind of really reflected how much he had grown at the position. I agree. But I mean, if you look at by the way by the way pro football people break down offenses, they have what they call splash plays, which are ten yard or more runs or twenty yard or more passes. And if you just looked at the passing, first of all, the Eagles had more than any team in football last year of those plays, wow. which a lot of people don't know. But if you just broke it down and you took out the 20-yard-plus passing plays, only one quarterback in the NFL completed more than Jalen Hurts, and that was Mahomes. Mm. He was second in 20-plus-yards pass plays. I don't know if people realize that. I mean, they're so fixated on his ability to run mm-hmm. that I think they've lost sight of how good he's become in the pocket. And I think that's kind of the new direction that this offense is going to Well, take. what do you think of Joe's plan to keep Jalen under wraps for the most part? Keep him in bubble wrap for the season, the regular season. Too strong a term bubble wrap, but but a lot less running. I'll just say that, yeah. a, a lot less. A, for less hits. Okay, Hold him from doing what he does best, which is the ride and decide stuff. Correct. Make Force him to be more of a pocket passer so he improves in that area, and then we can let it all out in the postseason. That, that's Joe's belief for the best path for this offense. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that concept? I, I think it's absurd. The concept of holding back for the entire regular season, especially with this schedule, uh, it's, it's a non-starter for me. Yeah, um, I think I'm probably somewhere in the middle ground between the two of you. I, I think there – I felt that last year there were some weeks – where I just said, what are they doing? Why are they running this guy? Well, especially because they were going to win the game anyway. Yeah, that's kind that's, of what I thought. Right? I mean, you know, I mean, they had a game, uh, the game in Chicago, Chicago. Where, he, where he does get hurt. Yes. Is one, and I, this is not a second guess, but that game was going on. I'm saying, what are they doing? Why are they running this guy? On a bitter cold day against the Bears defense, a, a team that you're, you're going to beat. I mean, come on, let's face it. You don't have to do this. And then he takes the big hit that separates his shoulder. Sure. I mean, I, I think there's, I think there's a, a line to be drawn in not necessarily one extreme or the other, but something that from week to week just makes sense based on your opponent. Yeah. I think, I think that's the way to go. I, I definitely think that you want to get into the December, January part of your season with him healthy. You have not had that for two years now. Two years ago it was the ankle. Last year it was the shoulder. So I think the coaching staff, as a coaching staff, have probably sat around and said, okay, how can we avoid that? How can we get him as close to 100% at the back end of the season as possible? And one of them is just from week to week. But, look, the running part of it, that has to be part of his game. I mean, nobody yeah. can do it the way he can do it. And, and so you're going to have to incorporate that. But there are some weeks when if you don't have to go there, don't go there. No one, and I mean no one, breaks it down like the Diddy. What was said about Minnesota by an opposing player after last week's game? We're going to get to that in just a moment. Let's go to the phones right now. We got the Diddy here and talk to Eric and Cherry Hill on a game day. What's up, Eric? Hey, good morning, guys. Morning, Eric. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever spoken to Ray. It's, it's an honor. Hey, how are you doing, Eric? Good. Um, okay, so Joe, this is this is what I feel like is the flaw with your argument. Okay. Um, you keep saying, okay, you know, let's. Uh, you know, let's protect Jalen during the regular season and then 
you know, unleash him, you know, let him do what he wants in the postseason. Yeah, not not full recklessness in the postseason, but, like, I'd be more inclined to have him run because there's there's just less time for him to get hurt. I mean, it, it, but go ahead, go ahead. Right, but don't you feel like, okay, so you, you, you spend three, four months, you know, running, you know, not just Jalen, running a, a certain type of offense, and everyone, you know, doesn't worry, doesn't worry me. Brown, doesn't worry me in the least. Brown, this guy, this guy, you know, Goddard, the running game, nope. and then you're just asking everyone to just, you know, flip the script. That's why you practice. But they that's don't not do that real game. very much. The practicing. Thing. Well, I mean, a, a couple things, Eric. It's not like these plays aren't going to be there. It's just calling them less. I mean, Eric, let me give you let me give you an, an, an analogy, and, and it's not the perfect analogy, but I'll just mm-hmm. get, I'll give it to you for what it's worth. In the regular season, a great NBA player will probably play about thirty three to thirty six minutes a game. He's a great player. He plays thirty, maybe thirty eight, and then in the postseason, that same player is going to play like forty to forty four minutes. Like it's just what you do. He's just going to play more, and, and what I'm saying is you just dive into. The best of the best come postseason, and I am with John. The best of the best for the Eagles is having Jalen Hurts be the full Hurts. But why in September? Like, Eric, aren't the Eagles going to go at a minimum 11 and 6? Probably. And they have a good chance to go 12 and 5. Like, 12 and 5. Okay. Okay. Like, they're probably going to get there. And he's probably going to get better passing the ball. And he's probably going to get better passing the ball if he's, in a traditional sense, if he's given the opportunity to do it more. I mean, I'm trying to achieve like all all of every world here, and I think it's doable. Yeah, I don't disagree that Jalen can do it, but uh, I'm just saying the team dynamic, like the uh, chemistry. They're fine. They're fine. All right, fine. Eric, give me an answer, man. And dishonor of that average Kirk Cousins, who or what is also average? Yeah, the average of the average, uh, two fifty. I told James, two fifty batting average. So we'd have to look that up. Hmm. I don't know if that's true or well, not. It's certainly true. not anymore. I mean, the average average is in the two thirties, I think now, or maybe, maybe even lower. I'll check. That's a shame. Yeah, it's gone down. That's really that's really a shame. All right, let's listen to. Um, this was unbelievable, John. You, of course, famously, and I'm not ripping you. Not one, your fault. You lost the Super Bowl in part because, and I'm not talking about the '04 Eagles one. You didn't play in when you were injured, but the Raiders Super Bowl. Part of it was uh, the Gruden factory had switched teams. John Gruden obviously knew what Rich Gannon did, and you guys didn't change signals and the whole deal and. And so, like, Gruden just had the whole... Derek Brooks is saying, this is 24, why bingo cross? Yeah. And that was the exact name of our play. Did it dawn on you that maybe you should change the names of the place? <laughs> maybe it is uh, your fault a little bit. Is it your fault a little bit? Look, Real quick, everyone 249 the is the average average this year, so wow. it's back up. So that's actually a great answer. Okay. All right. Huh. All right. I mean, technically he's off by... Point right. Oh, I think yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, one, but yeah. Okay. close enough, Joe. But it's it's pretty damn close. All right. So look, obviously signals matter. They matter in baseball. They matter in football. They really, really matter in football. Listen to something that Bucks running back Rashad White said after the Vikings Bucks game last. I keep saying week. It's like four days ago about Minnesota and and how Minnesota's defense under new first year coordinator Brian Flores was decoded. This is unbelievable. Understanding I, what they was doing, kind of, you know, we was paying attention to the whole game of their signal calls. And I just remember, like, Bate came in the locker room, like, I mean, literally at halftime, he said, I got it. Like, 
we got all these signals. Like we in there talking like as an office. Like he's like, I know all these signals. If they do this, they going into cover two. They do this, they going into cover three. Every time I alert this, they drop him and they do this signal, they drop him back to this. And I'm like, wow, like you know, that's amazing. Cause I mean, like, I'm I know certain coverages, but I'm I don't know a lot like that. But I would just listen to him. We would just listen to him and we just kind of understood. And by the way, when he says bake. Okay, he's talking about Baker Mayfield. Just so we'll make sure we're on the same page. That that ain't Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, or Tom Brady, right? No. <laughs> so like not Johnny Unitas here, right? So like if if Bake if Baker Mayfield can decode the signals, John, that's pretty embarrassing for the Vikings. No, you know what? I I think it's actually it says good things about Baker Mayfield. Well, it does, I, but it's look, pretty embarrassing for Minnesota. Uh, they got decoded by half by Baker Mayfield. I should be decoded by any quarterback I, that look, have like that, where they know your signals. I don't agree. I, okay, why? Every, you tell me. Because every NFL team is they're trying to do what this what we're discussing here like you've got guys on the sideline yeah. i think a lot of times it's like the the quarterbacks too like the the backup quarterbacks they'll check it out sure you've got coaches who are watching the other sideline this is part of the game and baker mayfield it sounds to me like through the years of uh you know experience and in at times backing up uh I I guess he got better at this than I would have expected. Well, look, first off, he did the Eagles. Let's be clear. That Rashad White, it wasn't his intention. He did the Eagles dirty. Because, right, Minnesota's going to be on high alert now, right? I mean, Um, that's public. Like, if that guy hadn't said it, theoretically, maybe they don't change an approach. He said it. hmm. So, Ray, what do you make of the last two minutes of what you heard? Uh, Well, a couple things. Number one is um, they're all things – they played almost exclusively zone defense against uh, against the Bucks. Oh, yeah. it was like thirty-one out of 30 thirty-one out of thirty-five. Snaps. Thirty-five. And yeah. Now you can play, and that's you can play zone, but you can play multiple zones. You can do a lot of different things within the zone. Sure. One zone isn't the same as every zone. Um, perfect example was what the Patriots threw at the Eagles last week. I mean, they were in zone, but every play was a different kind of zone. That's what had that's what had hurts flummox most mm-hmm. of the day. What what the Vikings rolled out there under Flores was was the most easily decipherable zone you can imagine. They they came out with one look and stayed in one look the whole game. You know, Baker Mayfield is not that good at reading defenses, but they made it so easy for him. And I think I, I think Brian Flores is sort of betwixt and between here. His whole career as a defensive coordinator, he's been basically a man to man defender. That's really kind of how he made his bones. He plays his his philosophy, and if it were his druthers, he would be playing man to man. In the, in Minnesota right now, they've made a commitment that no, we're not going to do that. We're going to play more zone. So I, he's why okay. He's rolling out a zone now, but he's not changing up the zone the way a really mm. a, a really advanced zone player like mm. Belichick would. So. It's it's okay to play zone, but not the same zone for four quarters. Yeah. And that was if, to me that was the mistake Minnesota made last Sunday. And that's why I'm kind of curious to see what are they going to do coming into this game. Well, of course they you know they're going to have tape of that Belichick approach, and they could implement part of that. We'll see if Flores makes that adjustment. Well, the way, I mean, one of the things that works in your advantage is they've had two days to study yeah. as, as opposed to a week. <laughs> that's true. 